This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. issue for all women. Happy International Women's Day! To celebrate the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women, we're running a series of interviews with some kick-ass broads. Aisha Hazarika talks to us about politics, about comedy and how the two can go hand in hand. Laura Bates chats about her new book, Misogynation, and offers some truly startling facts and figures about everyday sexism. Historian and Newnham Fellow Dr Jill Sutherland explains the important role Millicent Fawcett played in the suffrage movement. And finally, England rugby captain Sarah Hunter talks sport in general and rugby in particular. We're releasing all four of these interviews on and around International Women's Day. So after you've finished whichever one you're listening to right now, do have a shufty for the other delicious slices of feminist goodness. Here's England rugby captain Sarah Hunter with some brilliant insights into women and sport. I am joined via the magic of digital technology um, by England Rugby's Sarah Hunter. Sarah is, I believe, the second most capped England player, female England player of all time. Is that right, Sarah? Close third. There's Rochelle Clark and Tamara Taylor. Okay. And then I'm next. But you've got over 100 England caps, that's right? Yeah, 103. That's pretty awesome how does that feel yeah I mean it's something that you kind of don't really think about because you you just want to keep playing and want to want to be picked to to represent your country and you kind of forget about the numbers and until it's a significant milestone and someone reminds you of it and then actually then all of a sudden it was approaching 100 and then you get your 100 cap and like it's something that you you never sort of go out set out to do like I wanted to play and represent my country and get one cat but to get 100 but it's just a a ridiculous feeling that I think until I've stopped playing and can look back on it and just realize the significance of it what it will actually mean yeah have you actually hit that milestone during the current Six Nations tournament or just before yeah, just before. So I got my 100th cap during our mutual wealth for internationals um, in November against Canada. So it was a, a pretty special, pretty special day and moment that I think you'll always back, look back on and, and cherish. So you have been playing rugby since you were nine years old. That is, that is correct, yeah. A long time. <laughs> that, is a, that is a while. How did you get into it in the first place? So I was really fortunate that the local primary school I went to was very active and they had a lot of sports clubs going on. And then um, anyway, you thought sort of traditional, your netball, football, hockey, athletics, all those sorts of ones that you'd normally have. And um, I'm from Newcastle where rugby at that time wasn't really a, a, a known sport and such. Um, it was more interested in the round um ball than the overall with Newcastle United up there. Our school got asked to be part of a sort of a, a program where coaches would go in and run rugby sessions during the PE lesson. 
um, and my school accepted it and they were very inclusive. So even back then, we had girls on the football team, we had boys on our netball team. So it was it was very inclusive. It wasn't, you weren't dictated your sport by your gender, which I thought was like, for me, I didn't know anything, I hadn't known anything different. So when we used to turn up to, to netball tournaments with boys and people are like saying, oh, well, you're not going to have boys on your mm-hmm. team. I thought, like, oh, why not? We have, we play with boys every week. So, and things like that. So actually, when the community rugby coach came in, he came and delivered to everyone in the PE class. So that was my first experience. I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I just had to, I just had to join in and pick up this funny shaped ball and, and loved it ever since. That's amazing. Cause I think I am pretty sure when I was at school, the girls weren't, allowed to play rugby and and similarly the boys didn't play netball and I think that's quite a common experience so you know I guess yeah imagine if 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 you hadn't had that experience where would we be (laughs) I know exactly exactly I've got a lot a lot to thank them for that's for sure (laughs) because it is international women's day and you are an extremely successful female athlete but have you seen much progress during your time as a professional yeah, absolutely. I think um, from from when I first got my my very first cap back in two thousand and seven to to now, I think there's been a, an enormous shift in in women's sport. Um, and I suppose, in fact, in two thousand and seven, I guess you weren't professional then, no, right? No, not at all. It, it, um, and actually, uh, currently we're we're not full time professional this year. Of the sevens program is and. Mm-hmm. We were in the run-up to our 15 World Cup last summer, but we're currently yeah. majority people mm-hmm. either back in education or back in um, full-time work. But even even still, the the amount of support that goes into the, the women's game is hugely significant compared to what it was. The in terms of obviously the off-field support in our, our full-time coaches, our full-time strength and conditioning, our medical support, um, nutritional, the, the investment that's put into it by the governing body and the commercial investment, it, it's massive. Like, you wouldn't have seen that Games being either live stream or shown live on Sky Sports. You wouldn't see highlights packages on the, the BBC. Like, these are all things that are happening during the Six Nations now. Like, if you didn't attend a match, you couldn't watch it, and there was probably no recognition in <laughs> in most of the the national newspapers. There wasn't social media, so people could get behind it. Whereas, actually now, I think you can see all of that. But I think the quality in in the player and in the level that the sport is being played to it is just that it's just significantly increased from what it was and. I don't think that's anything to do with the players at the time, but people are now being exposed to rugby a lot earlier. Mm. So at the time, like it was unusual for someone to pick a ball up at the age of nine, whereas we've got the likes of Ellie Kildun coming through at the, the age of 18 to make her, her first international senior cap because she's she's played rugby since the age of four and has been in a, in a, in a pathway system that didn't exist before so I think the investment not only at the top end but the bottom end to to find these young talents and then sort of nurture them along it is significant so actually we're investing in the the grassroots of the game which is then seeing the impact and return when you get to um when you get to the 
the top end and I'd, I'd like to say that, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it in each sport, but you look at women's cricket, you look at women's football and um, netball and what they have done for the game and where they are and how well they're doing, not just in the international scene, but in the domestic scene. You look at the, the women's netball Super League, the women's football Super League franchises, the, the cricket franchises, like... There's a, there's a high-level domestic game that is popular and that is being televised and is having a lot of investment from the governing bodies. And this year we've seen our new Tyrrell Premier 15s league set up with the investment from the RFU. It's millions of pounds over uh, a sustained period of time. It's something that we've never seen done before. So I think it's a massive shift in, in where the sport um, needs to go and is going. Obviously, England rugby have said that they're moving towards a sort of rugby sevens focused approach, which has meant that some people have lost their full time contracts. Do you think that will have a big impact on the quality of the game, or do you think it's an opportunity to sort of yeah to pursue like other ambitions? Yeah, so um, obviously each year there's there's a focus for for women's rugby, like in England. So last year was obviously the 15s and the build-up to the 15s World Cup. The, this year the Commonwealth and the, the Sevens World Cup. So that's why the focus has shifted back to there. But the RFU are working really strongly towards probably a time in the future where hopefully there there may well be a, enough support for for both the Sevens and 15s. I mean this year that. I mean, we've never had match fees and a retainer paid to us. So although we're not full-time professional, we're, we're still being financially rewarded for, for playing for England, which is a, is a massive step forward. Mm-hmm. It's obviously still a work in progress to, to go to, to get yeah. those full-time contracts. But the RFU have a long-term strategy so that actually when the time's right, and, uh, and it's sustainable, then actually, hopefully, they will be able to offer out longer-term mm. full-time contracts, but they need to do it at a, a time and place where it, it means it's not going to happen one year and then, and also where the focus is for what the, the major tournament is that year. And obviously, they've put a massive investment into the 15s programme to get the domestic game right so that actually, if it if and when there is a time for for teams to go professional then they've got a base to do that which there currently wasn't before the clubs probably didn't have enough infrastructure to support professional players where they're working to move that so actually that that mm. can be done so you you're in the middle of the six nations at the moment and you're doing very well you are joint top of the table with france do you know how you compare to the other the other teams you're up against i'm i'm I think we're never too sure about France and what mm. players are professional and what what's on. But they have a very mm-hmm. good domestic program and train probably the the most out of all the teams. And then Scotland have probably got on paper like and out outwardly about the most professional players in in the game at the minute. I, I think they've got maybe five or six professional players. And some some have gone to France to play their play their game. Some have stayed in in Scotland, I believe. So they're actually investing in individuals, and they've had um, like a comprehensive training program over this season. Wales don't have any, I think, but they because of their locality, they probably train the most together. 
because it's, it's probably easier to, to get people together there than it is across the length and breadth of England. So I think they, they, they're with each mm-hmm. other, I think, twice a week, every week. Yeah. But again, their players all have full-time yeah. jobs or in education. I'm not sure about Italy. And I think Ireland have regular weekend training camps so they're all in full-time education mm-hmm. or in employment. Going back to the point you made about how this is, you know, the Six Nations is being televised. And I think even last year, I don't think it was televised. I think it was just available online or maybe some of it was televised. But this year... Yeah, some there was so, yeah some games were televised. But this year, well, I think, you know, Sky Sports have really... Are, are really pushing women's sport at the moment, which is great, and also makes yeah. eminent, you know, is, is an eminently sensible thing to do because, you know, we are half the population. <laughs> it just makes good business sense, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. How does it feel to to know that it's being televised and to know that all you know, all your friends and family can watch, and and you're inspiring this new generation of of young girls to get involved. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I think it's what we've been pushing for is to is to make sure that our exposure has increased. And by doing that and showing our games, we showed during the World Cup that there is an interest in 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 the game and people want to watch. So actually, to have all the the, the Six Nations games shown live is is a is a significant step forward. And and like you say, that the more people that can see it, the more people that can support become fans of it the more people that um, young players are, are sort of motivated and inspired to, to want to take up the sport which hopefully will keep the the level of participation coming through and hopefully find the, the next thing in red rose and create a fan base for for us and i think that's the important thing so yeah the, the more we can be on on live broadcast the, the better really what do you think needs to happen to get more young girls into sport? Like I said, just the, the opportunity. So regardless of what what sport that is, they just need the opportunity to be able to to have a go at trying some sport. And, and that has to be done within PE because not everyone has the, the opportunity to, to go and have family or guardians that will take them along to sport. So they need to be able to, to access sporting opportunities through their education absolutely yeah no i completely agree with you sarah thank you so much you're you're facing france who are joint top of the table with you on the 10th so we wish you the best of luck for that thanks so much for talking to us oh no problem it's been a pleasure International Women's Day seems exactly the right time to big up some charities doing excellent work for women but desperately in need of your cash, should you have some to spare. Refuge, Rape Crisis, the Abortion Support Network, the Homeless Period, Women in Sport, the Samaritans and, you know, just putting a few extra items including sanitary hygiene products in your local food bank. Up the women! Until the next time, stay frosty. Standard issue for all women.